in my lifetime, and I only remember one of them. (laughs) The first one, as you may have picked up on, was my own. I have no memories of this event. The second was the birth of my son. I remember it quite well. Uh, Sarah was planning on taking uh, the two weeks just before Asher's due date off of work to prepare for the coming child, which of course meant that he came two weeks early, which was, you know, the beginning of recognizing you are no longer in control of your own story. Uh, There are other forces at work here that you have no control over. And labor was long and extended uh, all throughout the night. It was not a silent night, uh, but it was a holy night. And we went through all the emotions that you go through, right? The, the excitement and the fear, the pain, all of it was there. All had their place. And witnessing his birth, it transformed the way I think about and tell the Christmas story. Now it is far more personal. There's a lot more vulnerability than there was before. There is joy, to be sure. But that joy only comes on the far side of fear and trembling of blood and sacrifice and tears. This is how God shows up. You see, before life can come into the world, first a body is broken and blood is shed. That that isn't something Jesus made up at the Last Supper. It's been part of the cycle of life and death from the very beginning. And the story of Christmas is the story of God entering into that cycle into this story, thus making all of it holy. This old, old story, a story that we know and yet easily forget because it is the human story. It's our story. Luke doesn't tell us much about the birth of Jesus except that it happened. The time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, Wrapped him snugly, laid him in a manger. It all sounds so easy, doesn't it? In our nativity scenes, right? The ones we have up here at church, you may have some at your home. uh, They all make everything look so kind of rustic and cozy. Almost like an Airbnb that you might find in the country. I want to go stay at a place like that. Uh, But birth is neither easy nor cozy. Each of us was born into this world through the great pain and sacrifice of our mothers. And so to be born is a gift, uh, one that came at great cost. And what makes that cost worthwhile is one small, simple word, a word that is both overused and unappreciated, a word that appears so weak yet has the power to move the world. You know what that word is, don't you? What is it? It's love. Love is what makes the cost of birth worthwhile. And love never comes into our lives without pain or sacrifice, but the pain and the sacrifice are worth it. For nothing matters more in our lives than love. And the story of Christmas is a love story, and that's why we tell it. 
I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Jesus was not born into wealth or power, but he did know love. Joseph takes Mary with him to Bethlehem to be counted in the census, which was more than an inconvenience. For Jews in the first century to be counted in the census was not about representation in government. It was about imperial control and exploitation. Uh, Sometimes these senses caused a violent uprising in Israel. See, the empire doesn't care if you are nine months pregnant. You go where you're told to go and you pay what they tell you to pay and you don't want to find out what happens to people who resist. And so compared to Caesar and Quirinius, whoever he is, Jesus didn't have much. But he did have love. Despite what you may have heard or seen in Christmas pageants over the years, Jesus was almost certainly not born in a stable. No, he he was born in the home of Joseph's extended family. Uh, Luke says that after Jesus was born, Mary laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the, and not the inn, the guest room, as our translation says. Uh, That is the correct translation. Joseph and Mary were not turned away at Bethlehem's Motel 6. (laughs) It's not how it worked. And beyond that, there were no standalone stables in Israel in the first century. That was a European thing. And so the Europeans thought, oh, it must be like how we do it. No, that's not how it was in that time. The word guest room is often translated in, but that's incorrect. And so at the time in the first century in Israel and Palestine, Rooms, homes had usually one room. And in that one room, you'd bring all your animals in for the night to keep them safe, and they helped keep you warm. And if you were lucky, you had a second room, and that was the guest room. And so either for privacy reasons, or perhaps more likely because Joseph's family's guest room was already full with everyone in town for the census, Jesus was all but certainly born in the home of Joseph's family. Not born into wealth or power but still surrounded by love. In other words, Jesus was born into the world the way that most people have been throughout history. It wasn't until very recently that birth has been taken out of the home and moved into the hospital. For all the good the hospitals do us, I have never heard anyone say, man, I just can't wait to get to the hospital to spend the night. (laughs) No one's ever said that. No one's ever thought that. But people who are in the hospital, what do they say? They say, I can't wait to go home. See, home is where the heart is. Home is a word that we use to describe a place of safety and love and belonging. One way to think of Jesus' entire life would be expanding the boundaries of home so that everyone can know a place of safety and love and belonging. And so Jesus is born into a community of love and in what foreshadows the kind of life that he's going to live, outsiders are immediately invited into this home as well so that they can share in the joy, so they can be a part of this beloved community. In come the shepherds. 
Shepherds were normal, hard-working people. And though we always picture them as men, right? All of our nativities, they're men. Women were shepherds back then, as well as at this time. And they may well have been present in the fields watching over their flocks by night when suddenly God says, come and share in the joy of Christ's birth. The birth of Christ is a gift to be shared with all, a gift that celebrates that we are not alone in this story, that God is with us in our pain and in our joy, thus making all of it holy. The story of Jesus' birth is a story of God using ordinary people to bring forth extraordinary love into this world. And so it may appear as though the Caesars of this world or the Quiriniuses of this world, they're the ones running the show. God is working through normal people who make space in their heart and their home for new life to emerge. And with it, hope for a world that everyone might know love and belonging. That's why we tell this story. For the promise of a world where everyone knows love and belonging. There is room for you in this story, in this beloved community. After a long and painful labor, Asher was finally born. It was scary. It was beautiful. This new life came into the world only after a body was broken and blood was shed. And eventually we slept in heavenly peace for an hour or two here or there. And though there was great joy when he finally arrived, his arrival was not the end of our pain and sacrifice as parents. No, it was only the beginning. But the pain and the sacrifice, the fear and the joy, they all exist alongside each other. And what makes them all worth it is that one small word, that word that appears so weak but has the power to move the world. Love. Love never comes to us without pain or without sacrifice. But they are worth it. For nothing matters more in our life than to know love. Christ is born into our world of pain and sorrow, thus making it all holy. And God willingly and gladly enters into this world at the cost of great pain and sacrifice, that everyone might know themselves to be loved and to belong here. You were born into this world through great pain and sacrifice, all because you were loved. You are loved by God more than you will ever know. And you belong here. And so tonight I pray that when you go to sleep, you will sleep in the heavenly peace of knowing that you are forever held by the love of God. Amen.